Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Warrior Within, um, or Warrior Within, I should say. And I just wanted to emphasize that, you know, I really appreciate all, all that you guys have been doing by listening to me. And uh, it seems like we're on a good track of growth and seeing a lot of uh, people wanting to listen, and that's excellent. I mean, it's exciting. Um, I do have... A little bit of news, there's a possibility that I can be able to start my church at some point. Uh, people have stepped in to help me out, and I don't have the details, but I'm excited because it seems like God is answering your prayer. And right now I'm waiting just for it to be official. But otherwise, everything has been doing really well. Um, this year has been, of course, been a hard year for a lot of you, and it's been good for other people but at the same time you know we have a new fresh year uh unfortunately it didn't start out very well as you guys saw um and heard and still probably are listening to it even today and we're not going to talk about that though so i was going to continue my avengers thing today but these last i would say this past week as i've been trying to decide on the avengers talk God's been kind of placing in my mind because of conversations I've been having with people about what if. And the idea is what if God does not answer your prayers the way that you want? Or it's more like what if God is not doing things around me the way that I thought things were going to happen? And it's an interesting conversation. And I've actually done a sermon, I think 2017 is when I did it. And I called it, what if, and there were several things that kind of came through this one, losing my dog was during that year. Um, things going on at home were also getting hard. And then of course I just started this job at, at this church and it was my first full year. And I was discovering a lot of things about the person who was over me and how he viewed a lot of things and I was getting really frustrated it was getting really hard to understand that I thought ministry was one way and apparently the way churches do ministry in some churches are not ministry and I was starting to kind of see all that and then just being bombarded by everything that happened and my sorrow and just the frustration you know god really used a scene scene strider my dog die in all that time really messed with me a lot but it also moved me a lot to seek him out differently because there was also people in the church who were having loved ones who were struggling from cancer and there was a lot of a lot, a lot of thought came to me on healing on prayer on what faith is um to even understanding what if he doesn't answer the way that we want him to. And throughout the years, God has always given me verses or songs. And in this case, for a song, it was actually um, by Mercy Me, I believe it was called Even If. Because uh, it's, it's based off of um, It Is Well With My Soul, Himmel by Her Horatio Spafford. And if you don't know anything about his story, you should look it up for one. But two, um, it is well 
is basically a song that he wrote. Yeah, the Mercy Me song is uh, Even If. It's a, it's, it's a song that he wrote, or a hymn that he wrote on the way to England as he stopped where his daughters died. You see, if we were to f- rewind the tape back... There, if you guys know anything about your history, you know that there was the Chicago Fire. And the Chicago Fire destroyed a lot of... Basically, it destroyed a lot of Chicago. And if you know anything about... Hold on. Give me Chicago Fire, the TV show, not the one I'm looking for. In 1871, it lasted from the 8th to the 10th, and it destroyed so much property. I think it was that it burned 2,112 acres. But there was homes and businesses that were destroyed. Three only three hundred people estimated died there. Horatio Spafford had created basically it was I don't know like the full detail of it, but he had like his business and I think apartments where he he and his family lived. And then he also built a church for his friend. And in that fire, all of that, uh, basically he lost it all. He put like invested all of his money in it and he was just, he was a guy that wanted to help people. He loved, uh, giving to people and, and he put, I think a lot of effort and time to be, to be a man who was giving and you know I really like his story and it's and it really impacted me a lot and oh he created it for his friend Dwight Moody and Moody's a very famous evangelist so after the fire um, he felt it would be best if him and his family went to England to visit family to basically you know emotionally get better well, he sent his wife and his daughters first because he had to deal with insurance, which insurance was kind of being, it was kind of around this time frame. So he ended up staying behind while his wife and daughters left, right? And on the way there, the boat that the, his family was on hit, I think it was an iceberg. And the ship basically sunk, and only his wife survived. His wife sent a message to him, basically telling him, lone survivor. And you can imagine as a father, if you are a father, losing your daughters or sons is travesty. It's, it's, it's a horrible feeling. And so on the way to go meet with his wife, he, the the captain was willing to stop the boat and he basically cried but god gave him the words it is well with my soul and that's how that hymnal was basically created so the thing is that 
God kept putting the Even If song every morning and every afternoon, afternoon, evening that I would go home or go to work. And it was just played. I mean, I probably heard it, if we're talking 30 days times two, at least 60 times for like two months straight. It was just that song being played. And I remember that, you know, I, I had to do my sermon in August as usually when I got a chance to preach. And God kept telling me, I want you to talk about what if I don't answer prayers like people want. And I said, well, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I don't know if I'm ready for that. And he just kept playing that song over and over again. And finally, I kind of just gave in because, you know, it actually was helpful for me. And it was helpful for other people to feel. And I don't really remember all the verses that he gave me back then, but I, I'm pretty sure... Uh, because uh, unfortunately the computer that has that sermon um, I don't know if it really works anymore so I don't know if I can even get it but anyway um, the verses that I, I've come up with are verses that God has given me throughout my life um, the first one is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 and it talks about trusting the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths and then the other set of verses was actually in Isaiah 55, 6 through 9. It says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And to our God he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So, through this journey, a lot of things went through my head, and a lot of things were also from songs like, He can be a miracle maker, He can heal he can do whatever and watching my dog who was basically kind of like my kid dying from cancer and i couldn't help him was hurtful it was hard and even in the last moments when he he died just holding him close you know it was hard but the truth was that i learned a lot about god and you know i had those verses since i was like in my early 20s basically well not even that even earlier than that i think for probably my senior year was the first set and the second one was when i was uh my freshman year at maranatha and i discovered a lot about myself and my relationship with god and ultimately it comes down to this your relationship with god is a relationship and we talked about this even last last episode is a relationship and as you spend time in God's word, you're spending time basically talking with God. You're hearing his voice. You're listening to the live capability that his word has upon you. And I didn't understand that at first because I lived so much in a world of standards and rules that... I followed them more than I was following what Christ was trying to teach me, you know, in the relationship aspect of knowing him. So trusting in God for everything was easy to say, but not easy to do. And that comes down even to the point of 
you and I asking of God something. So let's say, for example, you're a young guy, you're deciding to go to college and picking a college, there's tons of colleges you can pick from. Do I go to a Christian one or do I go to a secular one? Do I go to an Ivy League or do I just go to a college I have a better chance of making? Like there's all these decisions. Then it's the degree you want to do. Which job is best for me? And a lot of times what we do is we focus too much on what we think is okay and right. What we want, what we need, what we think we need. And instead of asking God, we try to please our parents or we try to please our desires. So if our desire is we want to make a lot of money, we try to figure out what degrees make a lot of money and see if we could do it. In a lot of cases, we think that if we go to an IV E-League type college, then we'll be recognized, we'll be more important, we'll be more valued. And then you have those that want to make a difference. So they think, if I get in a good college, get a good degree that allows me to be an impactor, we keep focusing on what we think would make us happy. We focus too much in what we think is right for us. So we never bother to ask the one person we should be asking because he knows our our life, he knows our direction, he knows our purpose, and yet we don't ask him to, to basically declare it, show us, or even guide us into the direction that we're supposed to do. It's always funny when you talk to a young person and say, have you ever asked God what he wants you to do? And they look at you funny. Why? Because we're not teaching our kids to seek out God like we're supposed to. We focus too much on trying to make the big bucks or get the most power or to be famous or to be known. So we focus on sports. We focus on scholarships. We focus on education, getting that 4.0 and and being the top of the top. It's funny because Paul talks about how he was the top of the top of Pharisees. And yet he put himself in a position of humility so that... He recognized that it's that his knowledge means nothing compared to the gospel message of Christ as his savior and as his Lord. He made it very clear the importance of putting God first in his life. Now beforehand, before he accepted Christ, it was all about he knew what was right. And it's interesting because this is the mindset of the Pharisee. The Pharisee thinks this way. If I am the most spiritual, then I am, I am the more wise. I am the more ready. I'm the more knowledgeable. I mean, even Solomon prayed for wisdom and still made big mistakes. So even though wisdom is the beginning of knowledge, knowledge cannot be done if you're not living it. And living it comes from building a relationship. So unfortunately, the Pharisees spent a lot of time living in tradition and legalistic mindsets that they thought would be enough to be considered the most important. When in reality, we were supposed to be like Christ, humble, a servant, putting ourselves in a situation where power is not the desire, but being able to make a difference in someone's life, an opportunity. So when we pray and ask God for things, we forget that he knows what's best. It's very similar to a parent to a child when they're growing up. You know, we we want to see our child succeed. We want to see them 
find the Lord, to walk in the way, and, and to stay out of trouble, and to not make mistakes. But sometimes you need to allow your child to make a mistake for them to actually truly grow. Just like you need to allow your child to go through a hardship for them to grow. Just like you and I need to go through hardships so we can grow. Starting to see that connection. So where's the trust part come in? Well, trust and faith is trusting in God no matter what happens, no matter the situation, no matter what comes, whether it's hard, easy, rough, or even you getting solely hurt out of the situation, that he's going to propel us through. Remember, because I remember one of the other verses was in Psalms where it says, Though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You see, we often keep thinking that Christianity is when you accept Christ and you start following him, that the road's going to be easy and clear. Because, well, my, my Savior's already won. But the thing is, having faith, if every, like basically the question you got to ask yourself, if everything was handed to me and shown to me and it was all good, would I still have faith in Christ? You see, when I said that faith is trusting no matter what, that means you don't know. So trusting in God for deliverance, trusting God in providing for your family, trusting in God even after your mom or kid or dad dies, trusting in him uh, like 2020, trusting in him through the changes that we're going to have through presidential, uh, the new president. You see, all that begs the question is do you really trust him because the you look at the situation you see the direness you see the negative you see the storm and so you focus on that your eyes are just on the storm and so instead of seeing him and trusting in him what is it that you're really seeing We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come right back. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, We were just talking about the storm. You see, when we focus on the storm we only see the storm. It's kind of similar to how I was talking about how a lot of men see the fog of war in front of them, but cannot see the other men around them fighting. It's, it's a similar faith mindset. It's almost actually the same thing. Trusting in faith and having faith is pretty much the same concept. You are trusting in the Lord to provide, take care of, and, and do everything. The problem I see in a lot of people is, where's the timing? Why isn't the Lord not helped yet? Why is God not intervening? Why, 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 why? And I've seen several examples in my life, personally, and even in other people's lives, where after the point, they were grateful and thankful for the Lord for the extended time or the patience they had to go through 
before he did it. I, I remember a friend of mine who basically lost her business because she gave it up finally. Like she gave up to give it to God and started growing in Christ. Now, mind you, she had no other job. She was not getting any money. She was living off of savings and discovered Christ in a new way. But the thing was, from January up to June, there was points where it was scary. Why? Because she wasn't getting a job. So <clears throat> she didn't know she didn't know how what the outcome was going to be but in her growth in her spending time with god like we've been talking about the relationship with god she discovered a trust and faith that she didn't have before and through that time even though it was hard watching as the bunny is just going away and she's not able to gain any and she can't find the job it was hard but at the same time she discovered a relationship with God that she never had before. So now she is growing in her faith. And then suddenly two jobs, three, I think it was even three jobs popped up, three of them interested. And then she went to all three interviews. She decided not one was not it. So she focused on the two. And then one was a job that she didn't do, but could do. The other job was exactly what she did before and the Lord kept pushing for the one that she wasn't familiar with and now she's loving it and God provided it basically at the last moments the, you know where things were getting really low and all, you know it was kind of worrisome but see after that she could see why God did all the stuff that he did. And I think that's the one thing that we have problems with is that when we see we need an answer now and God doesn't do it in our moment, we consider it a fail. We consider that he didn't proceed to do what he said he was going to do. Because in our minds, we've created a narrative that just doesn't fit. Because we designed God to be human instead of designing in our heads that he is our God or Lord or Savior. So it's his timing is going to be better than what we want. And I've seen this several times from even meeting my wife. I've seen it from the jobs I've gotten. Um, I've seen it even when it felt like, I mean, I had four and a half years where I had sort of part-time jobs, could not get any ministry jobs and was stuck at home. And I was married. It was very frustrating. And I battled through a lot of things. But I could tell you this, the battling and growth that I gained from it prepared me more for my future than I realized. As well that even going through what I went through in my last job and how I was treated and seeing people I thought were my friends betray me it was hard, but I can tell you this. I learned a lot from it and it's preparing me for starting a church It has put in my heart, the mindset that God wants me to see. See, I had to go through what I went through to learn more about what God needed me to be like. And I think that's the key thing 
is that if you're going to say, but why is God not answering my prayers the way I want it is because it's not what's best for you at all. Well, why, why did my mom have to die? Why did my brother have to die? I don't know the true answer of why he had to, but I could tell you this, if you're looking at it as if God just said they weren't important, that's a lie. That's Satan telling you a lie. If you start saying um, it was unfair, well, a lot of things are unfair. A lot of people have lost a lot of people. I have have friends that have lost probably 10 family members in 10 years from young to old. And I think it's unfair, but I can tell you this today, they are discovering more about who God is for them than they have ever in all their life. So it's all about how you look at it. It, it, It's not God picking people and killing them. It's we live in a sinful culture. We live in a world that is cursed. There's disease, illness, and there's death. And it does happen. It's hard. And it's not something we like to go through. I mean, I've I've lost an uncle and my grandmother in like two years. I lost my other grandmother about three years ago. Maybe four. But the thing is, you know, it's it's part of life. It's part of what happens in in our world. We we it just happens. And it doesn't mean God is forgotten us doesn't mean he doesn't care because I could tell you this when it, when we talk about the Psalms verse it says through the valley of death I will fear no evil because I know you are with me you see it doesn't promise us to not go through the valley of death it just prom- he promises us that he will go with us through the valley of death so as we go through everyday life God is going through it with us so even in the hardest points like i have a friend turkey who lives in a muslim country who we all know destroys and wants to destroy christianity and a lot of his friends have betrayed him uh, even family and because he has chosen to follow christ and even today he's like you know it's nighttime for him but he was struggling because of a mistake that he did and he feels alone. And I could tell you this is he's not the only one that feels that way, but unfortunately following Christ is a lonely road. And a lot of us as men, we don't, we, we want to feel important. We want to feel respected, honored. We want to feel like we have power. And I think that's what clouds us from seeing God doing things. That's why um, I recommend that book by TJ Mahaney, Humility. It's a good book, especially for guys. I think it's a very good book. Uh, It helped me understand that being humble is not the same as being a pushover or a servant that doesn't speak you know, a slave. No, it's more of understanding that God values me so much so that he has given me so much that I am willing to put myself in submission and humility before him 
and allow him to dictate, direct, and show my, basically my life into the way that he wants it to be. And that means no matter how bad or how good it can be through it, I got to be able to be willing. Because even stuff that I've gone through, it's been hard. And sometimes I even felt like, has he stopped listening? But at, at the at overall, I can say I can see how he was involved. I can see how he was showing himself through it. And it's not just me that he was using me for. He was he was helping me to also be an impact to other people, because they also were going through their struggles and allowed me to take what I've learned, which is the other part of what if he doesn't answer prayers the way I want is he needs you to go through things because you may help someone else go through something similar or in another way, a situation that's actually different, but with the same battles. And now since you've been through the battle, you can actually help them go through their battle. So now that we've we thought about all that, now we're going to go talking about the second half on you know, the other verses where it says, you know, your thoughts are not my thoughts, your ways are not my ways. You see, that's the thing I think we need to gather our brains around is the way God thinks and the way God moves, the way God does things is not going to be necessarily what we're thinking. It doesn't mean God doesn't place in our hearts the change because like in Psalms, there's another section where it talks about trust in the Lord and do good and um, have comfort in him by giving it to him because he'll give you the desires of your heart. Um, That is also a huge impact that we need to wrap our brains around. Having a God providing or giving desires of our heart there's, there's two parts to it. There is the desire to delight in the Lord, which is also in, in those verses, delight in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, that imagery is our relationship with God. It's going to transform our hearts because it's transforming our minds because that's why Paul talks about our minds need to be transformed. It's going to change our minds, which is also going to change our hearts, which is also going to change our heart's desires. It's going to be for God. It's going to be what God wants. That's the key thing. For us to truly trust, we need to build that relationship with God so that he can give us the desires of our heart, what we're supposed to have, so we can see the world through his eyes instead of our own. We can see people through his eyes instead of our own, so that we are able to be more open to do what he wants us to do. So as you sit here thinking about this, I want you to think about that we need to stop trying to build God into a world that we want it to be based on what we think is best for us and start actually asking him to give us what he wants us to have and give us his best for us. Because we could take it even down to the minute example of who am I supposed to marry or is this girl the right one? Because if you think about it, us guys, we've had probably beforehand, before we met our wives, we had a picture of what we were looking for. But then as God, as we focused on God more, God started molding us to think differently and started changing that picture over and over to the point when you meet the person, you're just like, wow, this is awesome. But a lot of times what happens is that we don't spend time with God. We don't ask God. So we focus on what we want. So when we keep not finding it, we keep looking for the 100%. When in reality, you will never find someone who's 100% of what you want 
you're only going to find a person is what you need. And you're going to fall in love with them because of it's just the compatibility that God just brings in that person into you. You guys could be night and day, but still there's this connection that's special. And that's what God has placed in the in our hearts. But it can also be as complex as which job should I take? I've been offered three jobs and then like my friend did, she had to pick one. She can't have all three. So she prayed about it and she prayed about it and, and God just kind of opened up the door for this one. Like you could just see the pieces kind of leading to this one job, but it can also be as hard as watching your mother die and you can't do anything about it. And you pray and pray and pray and pray, but they won't. There's no way to heal. There's no healing coming from it. Does that mean God failed? No. You see, the what if part is he may not answer it the way we think he's going to answer. So you sit there and you see this job that's offering you $90,000 a year and you're just so excited. And then you have this other one that's offering you sixty. And if you just take those two numbers, you're going to say, oh, it's easy. Take the 90. But when you start asking God, he starts showing you the, the positive and negatives of each job. He starts showing you um, a direction. And he's starting to push you to the 60,000. Now, why would God not want you to have the 90,000? You know, that would make me happier. Well, now you're, you're, you're showing your colors. You're saying that money is going to make you happy instead of what's going to really make you happy because you're doing what God wants. You see, that's the, that's the mindset. You got to pay attention to what you're thinking when you're, when you're speaking about things, just because it seems obvious doesn't mean that's what God wants you to be doing. That's the, that's the lie you need to get out of your brain. The obvious may not be because I was offered this one job where we were going to have our own home or house um, a stipend for the, just the house. I would have to go get a part-time job. And I was going to, the, the, the church was given another church building and I was going to be able to use the other church building as basically my, my church building for the youth. And it was in a farm town. People were absolutely amazing. But then I started seeing these red flags. And then the, of course the pastor himself almost every single time we had a discussion was talking about how a youth pastor should always should be loyal to the pastor and not loyal to what people are saying. And I just, at first I didn't really let it bother me, but then it started becoming like a theme to the point where I started asking finally God, I was like, okay, you know, it seems like they are interested. Um, I, I even, I really believe that they were going to say yes because they kept saying when you come back. And I, at first we were going to say yes to this. But then we kind of prayed about it for the rest of the week. And when uh, the pastor called and said, well, it's basically unanimous except for one. Um, we want to offer you the job. Now, personally, I think he's the one that said no because he saw how much people were liking me that he was concerned that I was just going to backstab him again. So, I mean, that's one red flag. The other red flag was people were whispering to me that even if he disagrees, we'll support you, which is another red flag. And then people were offering me stuff. 
which is another red flag. People were praising my my preaching style, which was another red flag. And the Lord kept pointing that out. Now, in the moment, you may think, well, okay, I, I guess, you know, if, if it seems like a red flag, you shouldn't take it. But then other people were saying you should do it because it's a job. You see, that's the problem. When you're getting led by God, people are going to tell you what's obvious. And even Job's friends told him, just curse God and die. What did you do? Like, people will always tell you things, but God, if he's leading you, has a plan. So I end up saying no. Now I can tell you this, the job that I ended up getting was about two and a half years later, or about a year and a half later, okay? Um, now you know and now you're like, why didn't you take the job? You could have been working, Bob. See, the problem is, I don't think it would have been good for us. I don't think it would have been good for that church because those people were liking me too much, in my opinion, when they just met me. And it was making me feel good. And it was not the right good because the other guy was the pastor. Now, I know the other guy uh, had plans to whoever was going to be the next person to basically when he retired in like, I think he said like five years or so that they would take over for the church. But the problem is the way I was seeing things, I don't feel like they would have waited that long. (laughs) But they also had bylaws, so it was just, it was very disturbing to watch. And so saying no was the right thing. I don't know what happened to the church, but it was a good thing. That also opened up a door for me to meet my good friend Kyle. Um, that allowed me two years to be able to serve with him, even though it wasn't a paid job. But they, they did pay me to preach. They paid me in other ways, which was awesome. But that's what I'm talking about. You got to understand that just because it seems right, just because um, it seems too hard, just because it's taking too long, that's that's not how God works. God is not concerned about your feelings in a sense of what is what you think is right for yourself. Because by not waiting or by not truly trusting and having faith in Him. You're missing out on opportunities that he's presenting you in the moments that you're in. To be a witness, a testimony, a gospel, teacher, basically, you know, being out there and ministering to people. Because you need to wait patiently on his response. Just like I've been waiting patiently about this church thing. I mean, he told me this in June. And currently, there's a possibility of things going forward where it's an answer or a prayer, especially for money to be able to live and to run and to move. So as God moves, sometimes we think we need to push him forward and that's the wrong thinking. We sometimes want to rush ahead because he's taking too long to do things. That's wrong too. I can go over and over a bunch of stories if you really needed me to of examples of trying to force God's hand or even getting frustrated because he's waiting too long because I was too focused on my feelings of what needs to be right for me. When in reality, it needs to be focused on just him, period. And seeing his way, the way he was moving things to help situation because you are a fire planter you basically will plant fires wherever you go sometimes god places you somewhere like i was in connecticut for a time 
even though I was told that everything I touched, anything I was involved in would be blessed, right? I thought something big was going to happen. You know, like my the church I was in was going to grow, it was going to be impactful, and, and you know, I was going to be able to do more, right? I'm not there anymore. So what God sometimes does is plant fires. He literally plants fires in people so that they keep going. That's the, the picture of discipleship. It's a picture of what it means to be a servant because you're, the goal is not you to become powerful. The goal is to see um, God um, transform. So I just want to let you guys think about that. We may have another talk about it. And I'm going to pray real quick. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you would just, uh, up all the guys, anybody who's listening, that they'd be transformed and changed, that they'll be able to see um, the fire that you could light in the people that they are impactful to and how they could be transformed. And that patience and and waiting on, on you to open up doors and, and if, even if you don't answer them the way that you that they thought it was going to happen, that you're still moving, you're still doing stuff, and you're still trying to create them into the men that they're supposed to be. So I pray that you open their eyes. We may have another discussion about this uh, next time just because it is a deeper thought conversation. And I just pray, Lord, that you just move the men. I, I thank you for the blessings that you've provided, even for me in the past month, that you would... Uh, bless the men that are listening as well that you'd open up their ears so they may be able to hear you clearly and that they can have a true faith and trust in you i pray this in jesus name amen